Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, thought leaders from across all of North America. Today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Rock Thomas, coming to us out of Montreal, Canada. You might know him from his Goalcast video that had over 100 million views. Yes, you heard that correctly. 100 million views. Mr. Rock Thomas, thank you for coming on the podcast today, sir. Always a pleasure jamming with you, Jeff. Hey, I look forward to today. We're going to cover some really great content. A lot of people are scared right now with a shifting market, not knowing what to do. And so indecision leads to playing Xbox 24-7. We're going to talk about strategies. You can play Xbox. We're going to talk about how to overcome some of these excuses and talk about mindset and get into how to overcome and be successful in light of um, a potential shifting market. You know, I think Mother Nature is pissed. And the coronavirus is just a wake-up call for everybody and an opportunity for you to check out how you've been prepared for a shift in life. And that means what are your morning routines? What are your mindset when things don't go the way you want? The majority of people try to control things outside of them. And now that's really, really difficult to do. And you're seeing the internal mastery of people by the way they're showing up. Right now, my market center is doing better than ever because we pivoted instantly and based on a lot of the stuff we've learned from Shift and from Tony Robbins and other people like that, this is the time that leaders step up and this is a time that a lot of wealth is gonna be transferred. I love it. Rock, you had taught me maybe even five years ago, you had the quote, uh, don't apologize for being awesome. Um, You're running a very successful market center in the Keller Williams model up in Montreal. How many agents do you guys have right now? So we have two market centers, uh, one that I run, one that we that I'm a part owner. So we have about 225 agents in the two of them. Okay, awesome. And I know you're an author, you're a coach. Share uh, with our audience uh, very briefly about your experience working in the Tony Robbins organization and then what your coaching platform looks like right now. Well, I've done 74 Tony Robbins events in 20 years, uh, walked on fire 45 times. And what I did learn about working in the personal development field is First, you get information, then you got to get it again and again and again, like read and reread and listen and re-listen because you pick up different things as you evolve. And then you practice and practice and listen and practice, and then you get to a level of mastery. And Kobe Bryant did that basically. When he was 15, I think he realized that he was subpar to everybody else. So he made a five-year plan to improve one year at a time, his shooting, his passing, his running, et cetera. And he knew that if he just stayed with it, he'd lap the field. And he certainly did that. But he was hungry to get distinctions and feedback. And he used Michael Jordan as a mentor. And I think that holds true, Jeff, for everybody. Somebody like you, you've got, you're hungry for knowledge. But one thing I love about you is you're hungry for feedback. So you're always looking, how am I showing up? What's working? What's not working? And I find that not everybody has that passionate curiosity to improve and get better. And that's a game changer in today's world. 
Yeah, there's several levels to that. You know, the first level of does someone want to know? And I think the truth is 70% of people don't want to know. 30% aren't self-actualized enough to even ask the question. And then you have that small, crazy sector there, like you and I talked about before we jumped on today, people like us who want all the feedback. So if you don't pick me and I tried to list your house or I asked you on a date back when I was single and you said no, I want to know all the reasons why. And I'm going to try to perfect one little thing. And I think so often everyone thinks they have to change overnight. Change one little thing day after day, week after week, month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year, 10 years later, when you're 10 years tenured, you're a master at it. You're a pro. You're the best. You're seventh level in KW speak where you're making a million a year net, only working, you know, five hours or less on your business. So Rock, you've been around a ton of successful people. We're keeping this episode short. We know a lot of our listeners have about 20, 25 minutes of attention span before they move on to the next thing. What I would love for us to speak to um, these next 10 or 15 minutes are the habits of successful people. Um, this doesn't have to be success in business. This could be success in life and personal fitness, mental health, whatever the case might be. You've been around hundreds, if not thousands of influencers um, in your world. What are some of the habits of the people that you found are the most successful? Well, you know, the interesting thing is that if you had a traumatic childhood, it shows up in your work and in your life. And you, if you haven't dealt with it, you, you replay it later as you grow up. But your, your miracle morning or your hour of power, the beginning of your day is the childhood of your day. So if you don't give it credence, if you don't put energy into it, if you don't have intention around reading, absorbing, exercising, getting yourself into a really, really great place, you're going to have a day. So number one is make the childhood of your day freaking awesome. Find out what works for you. Get the miracle morning, the book, if you haven't read it. And you got to pour into that. I know that you work out. You got a big gym at your house. I've been over there. We've done that together. We get ourselves fired up. We get ourselves energized. We think about what we want to do. But the majority of people don't. What do they do? They make the biggest mistake. They get up and they look at their phone. Yeah, phones. They get stuck and on they, social media right at the beginning. And they bring the outer world into their inner world when their inner world isn't prepared to respond to it. So I'd say number one is your, is your morning. And number two, believe it or not, I say to people, tell me what you do before eight o'clock in the morning and after eight o'clock at night, and I can predict your financial future for the rest of your life. Because guess what, Jeff? Most people can bluff their way through the day. Bye, honey, off to work. They go to work. They sit around the coffee cooler. They shoot this they go to McDonald's for lunch. They take a walk in the park. They do a couple of things. They come home, oh, it was whatever day. But what you do after eight o'clock at night, are you reading? Are you learning? Are you auditing your day? Are you yep. asking yourself, how did I show up? What did I do that worked? Where did I serve? How did I contribute? What am I grateful for? And prepping yourself to wake up like a rock star the next day. I love it. And not only are you auditing yourself, do you have a group of people holding each other accountable, asking each other each and every morning or night, did you do your workout? Did you read? Did you meditate? Did you say hello to your, your children? Did you work? You know, what were your hours at, at the office and at home? Um, I ask people a lot of times, I have fun asking the question if I meet a stranger, what they like to think about when they have nothing else to do. So like if you're in a line or if you're in your car, yeah. You know, what are you thinking about? And usually what you think about is what you become. There's yes. a book, As a Man Thinketh. And I think yes. a lot of times people want to be successful, but are they thinking about success? Are they listening to success? Are they reading about success? Are they spending time with successful people? And usually the answer is no to all those questions and they're just making excuses and playing Xbox. I love that question. And that was one of the first books my father gave me. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And I would say this is that, 
A pessimist sees the problem in every opportunity, and an optimist sees the opportunity in every problem. So as I'm going around today, and when I have some time to think, I'm thinking, how do I want to come through these new times? How do I want to show up? What muscles do I want to develop? And being quarantined a bit at home, I'm down here in Phoenix, in my property in Phoenix. Uh, for the first year, I started picking oranges off my orange trees. And when I ran out of oranges, because I was here for a long time, and it was a dream of mine to have oranges and to be able to do that because I come from Canada. So it was cool, right? And I'm squeezing them, freshly squeezed orange juice. I'm all excited. So I noticed my neighbors weren't picking them. I guess, you know, the honeymoon period's over. They got too many trees. They're used to them. They're sick of them. So I started going to different neighbors and picking oranges off their tree. Well, guess what? I'm up to 8,000 oranges picked. I've got enough for the next three months. Is there an app for that to track every time you grab an orange? And did you I get have your ways neighbors, to calculate it, dude? You did got you get your neighbor's permission? I did. Okay, okay, good. I did. So, <laughs> but the thing is, you know, you talk about tracking, right? So I figured a way to calculate how much in a basket, how much in my knapsack, and okay, so it's not exactly eight thousand. It might be seventy five hundred or eighty five hundred. But I learned how to do that well. I learned that the knapsack turned backwards like this and popping them in works really well. But I so passionately curious about everything that I do that I've now learned a lot about that. And I think that this is how people can enter into this world. How can you pivot? How can you learn? What can you get excited about? What I love about this one, Rock, is I don't think you're thinking, how do I monetize orange picking? I mean, you might've had moments, but (laughs) you're doing it because you love it. And how many of us can say the same? So often, I know people that have my problem where you're addicted to entrepreneurial ventures. There's always the net modification that's attached to it, which I think is more of a scorecard than anything. But I think it's great that you found something that's active, that's fun. You're out in the sun. You love orange juice. You love oranges. I do too. And so that's a really good example. One of the things that came to my mind with you giving me the compliment of my ability to ask questions and look for ways I had gone wrong. My wife pointed something out when we were just dating when we were young. I was probably 22 or 23. And this probably came from my makeup. I don't even know where this comes from. You could probably tell me better than I. But every time we would leave a social setting, I would spend 30 minutes on the drive home talking about how things went. So like, let's say you and I had spent some time together, you know, even when you were out in Omaha, all the times you visited, you would leave my house and I'd say, so what'd you think of rock? What'd you think of that question? What'd you think about with the way he put a pillow on the sofa? What'd you think about, you know, and I'm thinking through like every little part of it. And I find myself getting home at the end of a long day. Let's say I'm working a 10 hour day, get home at eight or nine o'clock. And I'm trying to engage with my family, but I'm doing that through my entire day. Why did I do this? When did I do this? How'd the podcast go? What did I say? Who do I owe a text to? And I've always been that way. I've always processed and looked back. And I think to be successful moving forward, we have to take that time to slow down and ask ourselves, am I satisfied with how this day went? Did I live my best life today? So that tomorrow you can make some changes. Well, the greatest athletes do that on Monday. They review the film and you're just doing it on a more regular basis. One thing I learned from Tony Robbins is that after every night, after every event, For 42 years, he goes in, he sits with his creative team, whether it's two o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock at night, whatever. And he does something called Kanai. You've heard of it. Constant, never-ending improvement. And he asks, what worked? What didn't work? How do I make it better? And I think you've subscribed to that. All great achievers have to subscribe to that. I've changed it to CSI, Creative Suggestions for Improvement. And it's part of our model as a team. We are constantly saying what worked, what didn't work, how do we make it better? And after eight years of running mastermind groups, 
you get better because you're, you're going to get 1% better a day. You're going to change one little thing. You're going to improve one tiny little thing. And you said it before. You're looking for the nuance, the detail, the tiniest little thing, stack and pack that for 10 years. You are going to be ahead of the masses. And that excites successful people. That's the thing I've noticed. Successful people get excited over the golf grip. Just move your hand a quarter inch this way and you'll be able to hit more square by 1%. And guys like you and I get freaking oh, yeah. fired up about that. Woo! Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, totally. I love it. Great example. So what are some other strategies that you've seen out there? And we could also get into the negative, which are what are some of the limiting beliefs? One of the limiting beliefs I actually experienced on this show right now, when you were talking about Kobe Bryant, I made an excuse that one of the reasons he's successful is because of the body type that he has. And I hear this happen so often. People use it with athletes. Well, I could have never played professional football because I'm not six foot six or I couldn't bench 400 pounds or whatever the case might be. It happens in business. It happens in personal health. It happens in mental. It happens in every area where people say, you know, that's fine that Rock is so successful, but look at the life Rock has and look where he came from and all the opportunities that were handed to him. But if you truly know Rock's story, you guys, we're going to put a link in the show notes um, of his Goalcast video. I cried. I know Rock super well, but didn't know everything. He gets intimate in this video and talks about his upbringing and how he was treated by people that should have treated him differently. And it's, it's pretty heart-wrenching. And we always assume that the people that are at the top are at the top because someone gave them an opportunity we were never given. And what I have found is that's true but it's not the opportunity you think that they were given. So go check out that Goalcast video when you get a minute. I would say this is that um, when I work a lot with my salespeople, what I, I do is I go, I want you to tell me on a scale of one to 10, timid being one and 10 being bold, where do you rank? And so six, four, seven, whatever. And I go, that's not the most important thing. We've all heard that thoughts lead to feelings, lead to actions, lead to results. But what a lot of people don't talk about is thoughts are comprised of conclusions called beliefs. So then I go and I probe a little bit and I go, so you're a four on 10, you're kind of timid. Where did that belief come from? And when you start to unveil that, that's where the opportunity in personal development is because somebody might say, well, my parents told me it's not nice to brag. So they, they're timid. Um, somebody else said, don't talk to strangers. So now if you're going to build a business and not talk to strangers, you have a bit of a problem. Other people say that, you know, it's, it's, it's not nice to be pushy and make people feel uncomfortable to make a decision at a dinner setting. It's not appropriate. So they have all these excuses or reasons and it's called their identity. And then I shift and I go, okay, well, let's look at the most successful people. Let's look at Jeff Cohen. Is Jeff Cohen bold? Does Jeff Cohen ask for what he wants? When Jeff goes into a restaurant and the soup comes lukewarm, does he whine to his wife and go, oh, God, it's not really the way I want it, but I don't want to bother the waiter. Or does he go, excuse me, um, I, I really like my soup hot. Would you mind bringing me another one? Freaking right he right. does. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. So I would say for people that are listening to this, now is a time, right, to, to be bold and to develop or to at least look for the reasons why behind you've chosen not to be bold because fortune favors the bold. Wow. Very well said. I appreciate that, Rock. Being willing to take that step in the dark. Um, Rock and I actually shared a meal. I think we may have talked about this on the last podcast, but we were in Vietnam for a few weeks on an adventure trip and Rock sat across from me in a room that was pitch black. Um, all of the employees were blind 
and it was a restaurant. It was like a five or six course meal and you ate the whole thing in the dark. And what I think is interesting is people will ask me, Rock, why do I believe I'm successful in the areas that I am successful? And honestly, the answer is I was willing to take steps in the dark when I had no idea what was on the other side, because I knew the worst thing that could happen is I might fall. And the people that are the most successful that I've come in contact with fell more than everybody else. So I I didn't only think it's going to be scary to walk in the dark. I fully expected to fall in the dark, but I knew I'd get myself back up and I knew I'd find the light using the metaphor. And I knew eventually I'd figure it out. And worst case scenario, I'd go back to where I came from. That's really the worst thing. That's that to me is a nightmare when people say, what are you afraid of? I'm honestly not afraid of anything. I think that the one thing I could say I'm afraid of is being the guy I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, going backwards. Because I tell every person to live and lead the life of their dreams. They need to be the best version of themselves every single day, leveling up every single day. And that's where I think true happiness comes from. And it's not easy. I agree with you. I call it the plan for progress. Get 1% better a day. And when you're getting better, you feel better about yourself and there's momentum. And I think that that you've locked into that. I remember when I was about 17 or 18 years, I was walking along the, the sidewalk on my way to McDonald's where I was working. And I passed by this really attractive girl at a tennis court. And I'm thinking to myself, I, gotta, I should ask her out on a date. And then fear came over me. And I remembered a quote I read by Vernon Howard. It says, do what you fear and it will disappear. So I started to walk right towards her because physical can change mental more easily than mental can change physical in many cases. And as I'm walking to her, I could feel my body, part of it wanting to pull back and part of it wanting to go forward. So I had to like visualize maybe what if, what would it be like if I kiss her? And then what it would be like if she says, you stupid, ugly, skinny runt, which was my identity at the time. I finally got to her and I'm like, Bond, James Bond. And she's like, what? Come on. (laughs) But the thing that happened is she recognized the courage it took for me to step up. And we engaged. I don't even remember what I said, but I did get a date. And we dated for a few months. And what I remember, because anytime you have a significant event like that, Jeff, you write down whether conscious or not in your operation manual for future use. I can do it again. Right. When I was bold. When I did what I was afraid of, I got this awesome result or I got this really great lesson of how to never do it again. Both are fantastic. Yep. And that propels activity. And I think that is the game changer. You and I have learned that. Absolutely. Take bold action. I'm going to win or I'm going to learn. There's never any losing. And once you get that, you become your own hero. I love that story. That's a great example. And I think the biggest tragedy in life is that to the point you made earlier is people operate off of a belief system that was created by something someone told them or one single experience. So had the first time you done that, the the person laughed in your face and said, oh my gosh, no one would ever want to be with you. You're disgusting. It would be really hard the next time to do it again. Because why would you want that? And this applies to prospecting or trying to start a new business or get a new business partner. The first time someone says, no, I'd never join your organization. Who are you? Or no, I'd never want to partner with you. You don't have any money or whatever the case might be. It might be the excuse you then tell yourself the story you tell yourself the rest of your life. I have a story from kindergarten. The first person I ever remember asking if they'd be my friend told me no. So I went up to her in kindergarten. I'm five years old. I do not have the mental capacity to deal with an answer like that. And I just like, look, was looking for someone. Everyone's a stranger. And I go up to this random person. I probably thought she was cute or nice or whatever. And I said, hey, will you be my friend? And she goes, no, and turned around and walked away. 
And I remember it crushed my, my little five-year-old. So I remember that story. And you don't remember a lot from that young, but it, it would like hurt me. I was like, why would she want to hurt me? And it's interesting because people wonder why I am so self-actualized. I think literally at five years old, I started asking myself, why did she say no? What did I do to make her say no? Was it what I was wearing? Was it because of how I looked? Was it because I was a boy? And I started to become cognizant. So the next time I asked someone, I didn't want to hear no again. I wanted to figure out how I could change. So people said yes. And here I am, 38 years old, still, and, still analyzing. Yeah, and it worked for you because you're one of the greatest people I know at meeting people and creating rapport and bonding and discussing things immediately that matter and giving yeah. a sense of, you know, people feeling like they belong and included. So I call that a triple E, Jeff, an extreme emotional event. And it can either scar you or it can create you. And successful people do exactly what you did is they ask questions about the event because no event is true or false or right or wrong. It's either useful or not useful or it's empowering or disempowering. And so at the moment, it was very hurtful. But by looking at it from a different perspective, you're able to go, okay, well, then maybe what about this approach or that approach? And I think salespeople make the mistake of trying to convince people to sell now instead of asking the right questions to determine if they need the service. And then they move on to the next one until they find people that need the service versus burning themselves out trying to convince the three people they talk to every day that they should try to sell. So these distinctions are the things that create success and or failure. Well, it's using the, um, the, the girl analogy when you went up when you were 17 to ask for the date. If you had been beside yourself and she had shot you down, what I would tell my son or a salesperson is go do that 99 more times today. And yep. I guarantee one of these people is going to say yes. Yes. And that's the, the game is who's willing to lose the most. Yes. I've said this so many times. The biggest loser is always the biggest winner. 100%. And then Quotes are so great to keep you on the path to success. It's like Winston Churchill said that success is maintaining your enthusiasm in spite of the setbacks. Or read the four agreements. Don't take anything personal. And when you are equipped with that kind of energy or thoughts in your mind, you can handle higher levels of no's. It's not even rejection. It's not a rejection. If, so, if I tried to sell winter tires to somebody on the street here in Arizona right now, it's not going to work. But if I'm right. not intelligent enough to go, it's the wrong timing, the wrong product, um, I might take it personally. And that's shame on me for a lack of awareness. Yep. I love it. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, the Team Building Podcast focuses, again, on interviewing top you know, not people like Rock Thomas who inspire, who change lives, um, top team leaders and broker owners all across the North America that have helped um, build up successful real estate businesses and taken their businesses to the next level. And we really appreciate you, Rock, coming on today and shedding some light on some of these limitations that I know we all have in one way or another in our lives. Um, we would like to invite, as elite real estate systems, we'd like to invite anyone listening to check out our team uh, product and our agent product, where we bring people together in a virtual coaching platform. We started this four years ago, 
pre-pandemic, um, but we have, we have some amazing giveaways right now for anybody that is wanting to get into something uh, that's consistent, that's weekly, that includes accountability, and will help take your business to the next level. You can go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com to find out more information about both the agent training program and the team leader training program. Brock, how do people get in touch with you? Thank you for the time you took today out of your busy schedule. RockThomas.com, baby. Just go to my website and you'll have everything you need there. They can go to my I Am Movement podcast also if they want to learn about how they can shift some of these limiting beliefs and some of these identity pieces that have been given to them at their birth. Um, Come and learn how to update your software. That's what we talk about on our podcast. And uh, we've had some great guests, um, Robert Herjavec from Shark Tank and uh, um, Marion Williamson, who's running for president, actually. Uh, Pretty cool lady. So, um, and any social media platform, they'll find me, Rock Thomas. Awesome. Well, Rock, thank you again. This is an awesome episode. Um, I know there's a lot of huge takeaways in here, a lot of great book recommendations, a lot of great quotes. So anyone listening, just keep listening and find the best podcast, the best content. Um, What I found is the difference between you and me are the books that you read, the people you spend your time with, and the podcast you listen to. Let's change our lives. Jamming with Jeff. Appreciate it, Rock. Rock.